This morning we're going to be talking about two roads, two timelines, and one Israel. This teaching is meant to focus you on what's going on behind the scenes with the United States and the nation of Israel. Some of these things are not being talked about in everyday circles, and you need to be aware of what's going on so that you know how to pray and that you know how to be in the perfect will of the Father. We are living in wonderful times, and I'm so glad that God placed me here to see the fulfillment of so many prophecies. Genesis 13, 14 to 17. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make you descendants as I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. This land talked about in Genesis 13 is the land of Israel. We need to be clear that the land of Israel has belonged to Israel since God gave it to Abraham many moons ago. This is not ever going to change. This being said, there is an element in the United States who do not believe that Israel belongs to the Jews. These same people have been working behind the scenes to try and steal the land from Israel and give it to the Arabs. Now, the Arabs can be both Christian and Muslim, but the greater percentage of the Arabs are Muslims. These Muslims are taught from birth that Jews are pigs. They hate them because this is the way that they are raised. They are taught this. The Arabs had originally lived in Jordan, which is a large country next to Israel. After Israel got into sin, God dispersed them throughout the entire world. And we're going to look at a couple of prophecies that took place against Israel by God. This is Jeremiah 18, verses 12 to 17. And they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will every one obey the dictates of his evil hearts evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask now among the Gentiles who has heard such things. The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon, which comes from the rock of the field? Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? Because my people have forgotten me. They have burned incense to worthless idols. And they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths. To walk in pathways and not on a highway. To make their land desolate in a perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished. And shake his head. I, this is God. I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. 
First Kings 14, 14 to 16. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam. This is the day. What? Even now, for the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the water. He will up Israel from this good land, which he gave to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the river because they have made their wooden images provoking the Lord to anger. And he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who sinned and who made Israel sin. So here's two clear examples in scripture that God dispersed the Jews across the whole entire world. We also know that God brought them back. He forgave them. He supernaturally started returning them to the land of Israel in the 80s. In the last set of people that were supposed to return to Israel, they had, they had already started coming. But the last set of people started coming out of Russia when the Iron Curtain fell. And they were going by the plane loads into Jerusalem, into Israel. That is one of the most major prophetic signs of our generation, because this is a sign to us that God's word is true. He said he was going to restore them. He said he was going to restore their land. Their land has been restored. So what is going on in the background right now is people with the Antichrist spirit. They're calling themselves Christians. They're calling themselves Muslims. They're calling themselves Catholics. They're all under this umbrella of the Antichrist spirit are still saying Israel has no right to their lands. These people have embedded themselves into the United States. They have embedded themselves into the government of the United States. So two roads. The first road the United States was on in 2016. We had President Trump. President Trump was fully supportive of the nation of Israel. We had a, a good relationship. We were fostering a good relationship and things were increasing. Today, we have President Biden. This is the second road. He is doing things right now in public and behind the scenes to destroy that relationship with Israel. And we're going to see this morning in this teaching what's actually going on and how it came to be. One Israel, God is never going to change from his love for his people. You can't curse them. Balaam tried. And it's foolish for the apostate church. It's foolish for these Antichrist spirit people to think that they're going to be successful in destroying the nation of Israel. It's not ever going to happen. You will arouse the anger and the, and the wrath of God like never before. And if you look at some of the things that are going on right now in the United States, God's wrath and anger has been aroused against us. We're in May. It's been raining and it's cold. Across the whole country. That's unusual. That's not normal. Look at the hurricanes and the tornadoes that are ripping across the country. 
Why is this going on? Because our support for Israel behind the scenes has dwindled to nothing. It's dwindled to nothing. And it has been prophesied that there is going to be a time when Israel is going to be all by herself, which means the support the United States used to give Israel is going away. And it, in effect, has already gone away. So if we get back on the road where President Trump is in office, we have an opportunity to go back to where we're supporting Israel. But that, too, is not going to last long. It's not going to last long because we don't know what's going to happen with these other uh, presidencies that are coming. But also, prophetically, these things have to happen. It has to be that Israel is set apart and separated from everybody else because God is going to reveal himself to Israel. He's going to show himself strong to them. So over time, God fulfilled the words that he spoke to Israel. During these times, the landmass known as Israel has become. Israel became a part of Jordan and the Arab people settled into Israel. So after this occurred, they started calling this region of Jordan, Israel, Syria, and some other nations, the region of Palestine. So I want you to look at this map while I'm talking, because this is an area right now where all of the Arab world and the Jewish world is fighting against each other over this piece of land. You often hear the West Bank being talked about, the Gaza Strip, Israel, and Jordan. You can keep this up for a minute. The name Palestine has long been in popular use as a general term to denote traditional, the traditional region, but this usage does not imply precise boundaries. The word Palestine derives from Philistia, the name given by Greek writers to the land of the Philistines, who was Israel's enemy all the time, the Philistines, who in the 12th century BCE occupied a small pocket of land on the south southern coast between modern Tel Aviv, Yafu, and Gaza. The name was revived from the by the Romans in the second century in Syria, Palestina, designating the southern portion of the province of Syria and made its way thence into Arabic, where it has been used to describe the region at least since the early Islamic era. After Roman times, the name had no official status until after World War I and the end of the rule by the Ottoman Empire when it was adopted for one of the regions mandated to Great Britain. So this is important for you to understand. Bringing us up to modern times, Palestine is a code for someone who believes that the Arabs have a legal claim to the land of Israel. This is very important for you to understand. Sometimes we're talking to people in the church and we think that we're saying the same thing and are in unity with each other, but we're not. When it comes to the Jews, the Arab people, the land of Israel and the land of Palestine, 
When you hear someone talk about them, you need to pay attention. If someone believes in their heart that the Jews have no claim to Israel, they will talk to you about Palestine. When someone believes in their heart that the Jews have a claim to Israel, they will use the word Israel and not Palestine. You need to listen at some of the politicians who are out here, and you also need to listen at some of the leaders in the church who are out here as well. Some of them do not have the proper biblical worldview on Israel. We believe that Israel is a chosen nation, a chosen race of God, ordained by God for his special purpose. As far back as the 1970s, it has been believed that there is a two-state solution which will bring peace to the Middle East. This solution involves giving the Jews a piece of Jerusalem and the Arabs a piece of Jerusalem. Most people think these conflicts are about the sizes of the piece of land. However, this is not the case. Again, remember what we were talking about earlier the Arab peoples grew up hating the Jews. They don't want them having any part of Jerusalem. They want it for themselves. Okay, you can go to the confusion. The confusion comes when the Arab people start saying we were there first. We were in the land of Palestine first and it belongs to us. This is not the truth. The Balfour Declaration in 1948 took our lands away from us, the Arabs. And this is the argument that they're using right now. They're trying to say that originally Israel belonged to the Arabs, but this is not the case. And they're saying because they were given it in 1948 that it was, quote unquote, stolen from them. And it wasn't. We know from scripture that God said they got into sin. And I'm dispersing you, you lose. So they lost their land. And God supernaturally brought them back into their land. This is how the Arabs are choosing to see it. This is the argument that they use to say that Palestine is theirs. But we know from what we have read in scripture that Israel belongs to the Lord. The land is the Lord, which means it belongs to the Jewish people. Anyone who is in agreement with the Arabs having a piece of Jerusalem is operating under the Antichrist spirit and not, not flowing in the true spirit of God. This is the deception that is growing in the church rapidly, especially here in the United States. And it's growing more and more common to hear pastors, leaders, teachers say, oh, we, we support Palestine. How, how are you doing that and following the Bible at the same time? Because the Bible is very clear that you're not supposed to do that. This is the deception that is growing in the church rapidly, especially here in the United States. Now, there are some people who do not understand these terms and they've been tricked into saying them. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the ones who do know what they're talking about. And they will look you in the eye and tell you to their face that Israel has no right to their own land. We must get greater discernment working within the body of Christ so that we can know who walks among us and what they truly believe. And we need to know what we believe ourselves. If you can't 
have a conversation with people about these things, you should you should know what's going on. You should know because deception is so rampant right now and is so strong. Sometimes we're talking to witches who are posing as Christians. And they're saying they're going to pray for us and pray for you, but you don't know what God they're using to pray for you. You have to be extremely discerning right now. And we all know not everybody gets to lay hands on us. You you can't just be trusting in that way because you don't know where these people are coming from. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37. And everybody right now is big on Gog and Magog because of what's going on in Russia. Um, this is showing you that there is going to be a time where Israel is going to be attacked by the entire world. But this scripture here is, is going to tell you what's the precursor to this. Ezekiel 37 verses 21 to 28. Then say to them, thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own lands. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms, two kingdoms again. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with anything of their transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people and I will be their God. David, my servant, shall be king over them and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then they shall dwell in a land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt and they shall dwell there. They, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also will know it, will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. We are in one of the most prophetic seasons of all times. And the things that have happened to this country are not an accident. In 2016, the United States started on a path that would absolutely bless Israel. In 2017, President Trump opened up and formally recognized Jerusalem as the capital of the nation of Israel. What many people do not know is this. There was a move to open a consulate in Jerusalem for the Arab people. President Trump denied this when he was in office. I have long said that President Trump is being used by God on many different levels to accomplish many different purposes. By moving the embassy to Jerusalem, Trump has corrected a historical diplomatic anomaly, anomaly. Sorry, since every sovereign country has the right to determine where to locate its capital. 
In December 1949, Israel declared Jerusalem as its capital. Most countries, however, including including the United States, <coughs> including the United States, did not recognize this decision. This has been promised by every American president since Jimmy Carter. They all said that the United States would do this, and through the spirit, President Trump completed this phase of Israel's history. President Trump has reversed long-standing U.S. policies on several critical security, diplomatic, and political issues to Israel's favor. These include the Iran nuclear accord, which uh, Biden is now trying to start back up again, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, treatment of Israel at the U.N., and the status of Jerusalem in the Golan Heights. To Israel, the Iran nuclear weapons program represents the principal security threat, not the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Iran's leaders often call for the destruction of Israel. And I remember seeing something this morning where Israel struck Syria, um, I think for the 13th time. They destroyed an another weapons factory. On March on 25 March 2019, President Trump signed a proclamation stating that the United States recognizes that the Golan Heights are part of the state of Israel. President Trump cut the annual U.S. aid to the Palestinian Authority. We were paying this terrorist organization $500 million. They were claiming that its purpose had been to facilitate a peace process. Since the Palestinians refused to negotiate and criticize him on an aggressive and personal level, the justification for helping them had ceased. President Trump closed the Palestinian Liberation Organization office in Washington, claiming that after the establishment of the Palestinian Authority in 1995, there was no need for such a Palestinian mission. These people were lying to us. They were taking our money and saying we want peace, but they were using it against Israel and causing them destruction. They were taking the money that we were giving them and buying bombs and walking into Israel, blowing things up. But people in the church who, who are not uh, paying attention are saying that Palestinians are, 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 are good. They're helpful. They're not. They have an agenda, just like the enemy, to destroy. Additionally, President Trump cut the annual U.S. contributions to the U.N., United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinians. We were giving them 250 to $400 million, claiming that it was corrupt. This perpetuates the Palestinian refugee problem and its schools are engendering hostility towards Israel and Jews. So here we are giving them money and they have created a school to teach their children to hate the Jews. But we're paying for this. And President Trump stopped it. President Trump rejected Obama's claim that Israeli settlements in the West Bank are illegal and the main obstacle to peace. He was especially offended by a resolution initiated by Obama at the United Nations Security Council in December 2016 when Trump was already president-elect. The plan included two parts, economic and political. 
Due to recurrent elections in Israel, the economic part was presented first at a workshop held in Bahrain in June 2019, mainly with businessmen. The political aspect was presented in January 2020 at the White House. The deal was considered too pro-Israel. Indeed, Israel accepted it, but the Palestinians vigorously rejected it. Israel has been the single most discriminated against state at the UN from 2012 through 2019. It's increasing. The United Nations General Assembly had adopted a total of 202 resolutions criticizing countries. Israel was the subject of 163 of those accounting for 81% of all resolutions. So what is the purpose of the United Nations to come against Israel? 81% of the time, you're writing resolutions against the nation of Israel. What good are you as, a, as an organization? Trump's United Nations ambassador, Nikki Haley, severely criticized the United Nations for its numerous one-sided anti-Israeli resolutions. I forget what the HRC is. The HRC has appointed three committees, the Human Rights Commission, sorry, has appointed three committees of inquiry into alleged Israeli war crimes in the course of military confrontations with Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza. After the election to the Human Rights Commission of another slew of worst state violators of human rights in the world, President Trump decided in June 2018 to withdraw from the Human Rights Commission, accusing it of being a hypocritical body that makes a mockery of human rights. So this Human Rights Committee was, was put together and it started attacking the Jewish states every time they defended itself after someone bombed them. And they were saying that they were being more cruel than the people that bombed them. This, this is dumb. Even with these major accomplishments, there are still leaders in the church today who do not believe President Trump is of God. Taking a step back from everything that is going on, we can see that under Joe Biden, the United States is now on a different road than the one started by President Trump. This road is one that is against the Jewish people. When Obama picked Biden as his president, I thought that this was odd until I remembered a teaching that Perry Stone gave. Years ago, Perry Stone did this teaching talking about the mark of the beast. What was interesting about this teaching was that there is a direct similarity between the Muslims and the Catholics. They both have an idol that they worship called Fatima. They both honor Jesus and the Virgin Mary. Who would ever think that the Muslims honor the Virgin Mary? but they do. Catholics believe that there is one God that is always looking up for everyone. In the other hand, the Muslim religion believes there is one God, which they call Allah, which means surrender and submission. Both of these religions have similar church government where the main authority is the Pope in Catholicism and Muhammad in Muslims. Muslims and Catholics use intercessors to connect with God. There's no direct connection with God for you as an individual. Muslims and Catholics practice and preach the importance of charity and almsgiving. And if you know anyone who's a Muslim, they will give. 
They they will make sure that their that their church has money. They will make sure if anybody has needs, they they will do that. Muslims and Catholics fast as a means to nourish the soul and give thanks to God's bountiful offerings. It is well known in Middle Eastern countries that the Catholics and the Muslims get along because of the similarities that are within their religious beliefs. Many Muslims attend schools that are Catholic. Now, does this make a little bit more sense why Obama picked Biden? Obama, the Muslim, Biden, the Catholic. It has been obvious that Biden is the puppet to Obama. When Obama came on the scene in 2008, the Muslim world went crazy. Why? Obama, when he was a young man in school in Indonesia, his name was Barry Sotero. His religion, his religion is listed on paper by his mother as Muslim. So they put him as a Muslim. The LA Times in March 14th, 2007, says that Obama was not a practicing Muslim, but the records and the history show differently. Classmates of Obama in Indonesia recently stated that Barry was a Muslim in Indonesia, but he changed his religion to Christianity when he married his wife. New York Times quotes Obama as saying the Islamic call to prayer is one of the prettiest sounds on earth. Obama uses the term Holy Quran. In Islam, a Muslim must call the Quran the Holy Quran, just like we call the Bible the Holy Bible. A, a non-Muslim never uses the word holy in association with the Quran. When Obama says the Holy Quran, it's a message to the Muslims. Islam has 70 signs of the last days. Many are in the Hadith the sayings of Muhammad. There is a hadith that all Muslims have heard. The hour will not come the last day until the sun rises from the west. When the people see it, then those who are on the earth will believe. But that is a time when belief will not profit a soul which did not believe before the time. This means there will come a leader from the West who will be friendly toward Islam and promote it among the peoples of the West. This is what Obama did during his entire uh, term in administration, and he's still doing this behind the scenes today. Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, made this statement in a speech about Obama. You are the instrument that God is using to bring about universal change. And this is why Barack has captured the youth and he has involved young people in a political process that they didn't care anything about. That is a sign. When the Messiah speaks, the youth will hear and the Messiah is absolutely speaking. So here's the leader of the nation of Islam telling the world in a speech that Obama is the Messiah. You can't get around these truths and you can pretend that they're not there, but the reality is these are things that are going on, have been going on, 
and people have been deceived. People in the church have been deceived by this because we want to believe, oh, he's good. Everything is he's doing is right. It's not. Guess what Joe Biden is planning on doing? U.S. President Joe Biden is planning to visit Israel in June. Biden will visit the eastern section of Jerusalem in a clear message of support for establishing a Palestinian capital in the Jews' eternal capital. In addition, the Biden administration has pledged to reopen a consulate for Palestinians in the eastern section of Jerusalem after Trump closed the consulate when he moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. CNN reported on Monday that the president's office had announced unfinalized plans for the visit to the eastern section of Jerusalem. The president may visit Al-Makassad Hospital, located on the Mount of Olives. It is the largest Palestinian medical center in Jerusalem. Nearly 80% of the hospital employees are residents of the West Bank who have special permits to enter Israel. No U.S. president has ever visited this section of Jerusalem. This stands in stark contrast to President Trump, who prayed at the Western Wall. In addition, the Biden administration has pledged support to reopen a consulate for the Palestinians in the eastern section of Jerusalem after Trump closed the consulate when he moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He has demanded this is, this is Biden, that he will not be accompanied by any Israeli official. So he's snubbing the Jews. Snubbing them. You can't come with me. I'm going by myself. But we'll meet members of the Palestinian Authority who have been permitted to administer certain hospitals in schools in eastern Jerusalem, but who insist that their capital will be in Israel's undivided and sovereign capital. Jerusalem, even though their government and administrative offices are in Ramallah. This is a devious way for Biden and his State Department to get back at Israel and drive a wedge into Israel's legitimate and exclusive sovereign rights over its Jerusalem capital. Following Israel's refusal to allow the State Department to open a U.S. consulate there to serve Palestinians. This visit is likely to damage U.S.-Israeli relationships in a very profound way. While Biden is prepared to visit Jerusalem and meet Palestinian officials, his White House has publicly opposed the building of Jewish homes in Judea, both over this issue and that of Iran. The gap is widening between Jerusalem and Washington. In an article about the president's possible visit to the Palestinian hospital, the Jerusalem Post cited a Palestinian official in Ramallah as saying that the president's presidential visit would be seen as a fulfillment of the United States administration's commitment to the two-state solution. Two roads, two timelines, one Israel. The official added that a Biden visit 
to East Jerusalem would also be seen as a revocation of former U.S. President Donald Trump's 2017 recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. We are in trouble. We're in trouble. And we have got to wake up as a church. You know all this extra darkness and extra warfare that's been going on over us here in the state of Delaware? It's seated up in Wilmington, and he flies in and out of here at will. And every time he comes to town, the darkness gets darker. What's behind this darkness in this man? The Antichrist spirit. He literally controls everything in the government in Delaware. What's going on in the political, spiritual realm? It's all tied to the principality and power that's tied to Biden, which is being driven by Obama. And I know some people don't like to say me to say that, but it's the truth. It is the truth. And we in the church need to stop hiding behind. We want to be friends with everybody. Sometimes you can't. Not because we don't want to be, but because they're an enemy. And you need to treat them as such. You need to realize that they're out to steal, kill, and destroy. And we have to protect the sheep. We have to protect you and give you information so that you know what to do and how to fight. You're going to be in situations where you're by yourself. You're going to have to know how to pray. You're going to have to know how to hear a word from the Lord for yourself. It's it's coming. It's coming even more and more. And if you don't think things have, have drastically changed, go look at your gas pump. It's not stopping. He is intentionally doing the things that he's doing. They are trying to break the United States. And we're not saying anything about it. Our politicians are not saying anything about it. They're allowing these things to go on. Why? Because they too are a part of the Antichrist system. Two years of this, and we're just waiting, we're biding our time. Where is the disgust from the people? Where is the disgust from the leaders in the church? We don't like Trump. So we're going to be silent and we're going to wait four years and hopefully all of this ends and they'll stop talking about Trump. In the meantime, our country is sinking. We're being destroyed. This makes no sense whatsoever other than to say that this has to be a part of the plan of God to strengthen the nation of Israel. And to bring Israel back to the forefront because it's been prophesied that Israel will rise again and be a world power. And they're there. And the reality of this is they don't need us. They have, they have seen what we did from 2008 to 2016 and they realized that this day was coming and they're prepared. They are fully self-sufficient in everything that they have. They don't need us for anything. They have their own oil. They have their own food supplies. They don't, they don't need the United States at all. It would be nice if we would be there to support them, but they don't, they don't need us. 
In closing, Luke chapter 21, verses 20 to 24. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one to twelve. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. You should not be afraid of anything that I said to them. Either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in a temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is their goal. This is what they're trying to do. Do you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. He's going to come with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth. This is so important right now that you get a love for the truth. Not what makes you feel good. Not what is going to uh, tickle your ears and... and, and Cause you to go into further deception. You need to love the truth, no matter how bad it sounds. And you need to walk in it because truth will bring the Holy Spirit to you. That they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Saints, it's time that we understand the depths of what God is doing. And we need to see that we're, we have been traveling down two roads. We're in two timelines. And it, I can't even say that we're going to be able to stop this because of the things that have been going and how long that this has been, been going on. Some of this prophetically has to happen. But you need to be aware as a child of God what's happening and why it's happening. Will we be able to stop it ultimately? I don't know. We may be able to prolong it, but why do you want to prolong it? Let Jesus come. Let him come and destroy all of this earth and we can start over 
then we can rule and reign with him for a thousand years like we're supposed to. We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths, given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later.